Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast, where each week we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Above the Bar podcast. It's your host, Sean. This is a show that I have been anticipating, <laughs> that I've been looking forward to, that I couldn't wait to happen. One of the most loyal listeners that we have has their own book out now. She was even she's such a loyal listener. She even gave birth to one of our guests. That's how important <laughs> this show is to her. I mean, how much more can we say than that? So joining us from what I still believe, and as much as I love my home of Maryland, what I still believe is the prettiest state in the entire country, all the way out in Utah, because it's the only place I've ever been that in April, I was in snow for a couple of hours, and then the next thing I know, I was in the middle of a desert. So joining us all the way out from Utah, it's Crazy Aunt Rose. Right on. Hey, everybody. Look, and she even gives the horns like I like. See, that's what I'm talking about, Aunt Rose. Well, my kids have taught me to be pretty, pretty cool in that respect, and also the way you can remember my last name is I rock well. See, and you know what though? Now here's one for you though, Aunt Rose. Do you know who started that? I do not. Probably so, the Longhorns in Texas. No, Ronnie James Dio. Oh, I don't know who that is. Uh, you remember the band Dio, Rainbow in the Dark? No. All right, you have to look that one up. So Ronnie James Dio is considered like probably one of the greatest uh, hard rock, heavy metal, whatever genre you want to consider it as uh, singers ever. And he used to always, every time he would always do this. So he was like, he he started the horns. And then everyone was like, he's a Satan worshiper. And he would just be like, it had another meaning for him. But, well, let's get all the show opening stuff done, all this house cleaning out of the way so we can talk to Aunt Rose and and see what she's got going on we can talk about her book what's happening and you wait till you hear what she's drinking i just thought that was the coolest thing when she explained it to me so wait till you hear what she's got you know she's belling up to the bar the right way so as always though folks let's get it done here over my right shoulder we got a big board for sticker and a cause maybe you've got a book a podcast a band something you've got going on hey there it is <laughs> something you got going on and you want other people to know about it. Well, you can reach out to us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Uh, now it's X and not Twitter. Uh, Instagram, Facebook. I don't care what it is. Uh, anywhere you can think of. It's all the Above the Bar podcast. Even our email is above the bar podcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you got going on. I'll give you the address where to mail it to. You mail me the sticker. We'll go ahead and read all about you live on the air. And we'll put your sticker right here on the big board for everybody to hear about. See, look at, I don't know. Do you see the way the thumb pops up, Aunt Rose? Like, this is something I have no idea what I did on my computer. The other day, I was doing this, and I don't know if it's going to work now, but there was something I did, and all of a sudden, balloons started floating up. And I don't, don't know. Think what, that, I think that's somebody else sending you those things. Is it? Maybe. Maybe. So yeah, I get, because um, when I'm watching you live, I can I can send little hearts and thumbs up and right, happy but they things. Go up the, they go up bubble. on the top. But they're always up in the top. This is weird. Like, see, like, I see no. him do it again. But either way, that told you I'm random. Well, if I say your your thumbs up anyway. See, that's why we look. See, Ambrose is the best. <laughs> but let's talk about our sponsors. Now, look, our sponsors are, are, I actually know one of the people that own one of these franchises in your area. They own almost basically the northern end of the state of Utah, which is a pretty good swath. But our sponsors are Budget Blinds of East Greenbush and Budget Blinds of Hudson and Cooksaki, New York. They are the, the U.S.'s number one custom window treatment company. You reach out to them. They can do everything from blinds, shades, and the big one up where Aunt Rose is is plantation shutters. Everybody wants shutters inside of their house up there, from what my buddy explained to me. Here in the Northeast, it's all about the honeycomb shades because we want the insulation. So make sure you reach out to them. And for this month, we're coming to the end of December. They still have their sale 30% off of all your motorization. We actually just got some new motorization in our own home that is actually voice-activated honeycomb shades where all I got to do is tell my smart device what room I'm in and what shade I want. 
and she just goes raising such and such shade what oh aunt rose it's the coolest we got we put it in over the weekend and my mom was up with my aunt lee and it was the greatest party trick as everybody wanted to no, call it out and be like okay begins with a g ends with an oogle mm. i mean they got one next to me and it would just go ra raising side room shade <laughs> lowering shade and you can set timers on these things I, I actually, do you remember when the uh, timers came out for the, the, the lights in your house mm -hmm. and they were like, hey, people will think you're still home and blah, blah, blah. You know, mm -hmm. so you don't worry about burglars and all that. Well, you can do that with these shades. You can set the timer on them. So they raise and lower for sunset, sunrise, anything that you're looking for. So make sure you reach out to budget blinds of East Greenbush, budget blinds of Hudson and Cook, Saki, New York, or whatever budget blinds you got around, around you and let them know you're there to belly up to the bar. All right, we're all we're all set. Cool. So let's start with what Aunt Rose is drinking. Because that look, let me first off like this: Aunt Rose ain't no punk. Let me tell you that right now: Aunt Rose ain't no punk. She tell them what you're drinking. Uh, this is tequila, and I added a little bit of cranberry juice, and then I added my homemade lavender syrup. So I sweetened oh. it up a little bit. Let's just start with the tequila. That's a <laughs> that's a thing in and of itself. Most yeah. people are like, I can't drink tequila. It's too much. Eh. It always treats me good. Plus, I don't drink as much as I used to. But even when I drink a lot of it, it always treats me better than anything else. Really? See, now, there's something to that. Because most people, I got to tell people all the time, if you hear the words tequila sunrise mm. come out of my mouth, that is your key. Mm -hmm. I should have already been taken out of the bar maybe an hour or two prior to that. Yeah. Um, I actually don't, because those will be the last words I say before I black out. Oh. And that's, it's just a fact. I know that those are the last two words I will say. And then it's going to be like, dude, did you know what you did? Good night. <laughs> nope. No, nope. it was fun until I don't remember. <laughs> it, it, it was even more fun that I don't remember because y'all can't blame me for that shit. <laughs> I can't be too embarrassed, too. So Aunt Rose, if for those of you who don't know, and we've talked about this a little bit when she's popped around, is the mother of, and I'm going to mess Clay's uh, stage name up, Clay Bar Num Num. Is it Bar -num? Um, yeah, and that's just what he uses like on Facebook and a few things. Basically, he just goes by Clay. Just And it's K-L-A-E, folks. He's a phenomenal drummer. And Aunt Rose just let me know before we went on air, he released a new song today. Uh, and if you purchase the new song, that's going to give you the opportunity to also purchase his new album that comes out on January 1st. Where can they find the new song at, Rose? Um, the, it's on Spotify and Bandcamp and lots of places. But um, the song itself I got today on Bandcamp. So get it off of Bandcamp. Get it off of Spotify. Make sure you're supporting him. He supports us. He's a former guest on the show. We want to make sure we support him. But today, it's not about Clay. Clay is not important today. Aunt he's Rose not that important, no. No, see, he's not. He's the love of my life, but he's not that important. And, and and we've got, you know, you actually, I don't know if Nate's going to show up today, but if Nate doesn't, I have a perfect question, food question for you towards the end of today's show. And and I think it's going to fit very well. But is Nate, who is, who's Nate? Nate's my buddy that that pops on uh, all the time. He's a horrible fantasy football picker, okay. and uh, I always pick on him. But he always asks a food related question. Okay. And cool. Ellie Rockwell, I'm certain assuming she's related to you. That's my crazy aunt Rose. Already got got the Rockwell showing up. That's um, Eli, and he lives up in Salmon, Idaho, and that's my great nephew. I've never so that's one of the few states I haven't been to is Idaho. Um, been to a lot. It's so beautiful. Most of the most of it is mountainous and pine trees. Is it really? And, yeah, gorgeous, like Montana. I think potatoes. I think of Idaho. I think of potatoes. Yeah, the southern part of the state is a little flatter, and some of those kinds of things are grown there. But it's yeah, it's pretty mountainous. And I got a lot of family in Montana. Like mm, a plethora. Is beautiful too. Mm. Wyoming, oh. beautiful. Colorado. Yeah, I've always oh, lived okay. in the West, so all of these. I I need to be around the mountains, or I get lost. Well, then you should, come, you should come out east where the good mountains are. Um, that's not true. L listen to me, Aunt Rose, before I get into yeah. your book. 
Okay, we're gonna the Appalachians. The Appalachians. You guys call them mountains, I know. We got the Great Smokies. We got the Adirondacks. We got the Green. We have um, the Green Mountains, um, the Berkshires, and the Catskills. And that's only great. They're all rolling hills. You know, the Great Rocky Mountains are just, they're just where I've always lived. And I've just, and even Alaska, I lived there for 10 years. And the mountains are just magnificent. You know, I love them. You called them rolling hills. Yeah. Well, I I spent some time in Pennsylvania, um, well, most of the states out east, and um, lived in North Carolina for a little while. And, you know, those are, you know, drive up to the mountains and there's some some pine trees and I get it, but they're just not... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're just not the same they're not just not the same for you is no. it huh no, not for me yeah see and i've just always remember driving cross country and getting east of colorado and west of, of kansas city kansas and this was in 2001 and thinking you could drop a bomb here and it would be a week before anyone knew what happened. It is so desolate and so flat and so crazy. I could never like, live there. Like, like that's the kind of place. I, I always remember driving past this sign. That, these signs. It was like Prairie Dog Town. Come visit Prairie Dog Town. And getting out there. And I was like, I got to see something. Like I've been in this car for too long. Mm-hmm. And pulling off to see Prairie Dog Town just for it to be closed. Oh, man. Those guys are funny. Nate made it. What's up, brother? So, and Nate, I, I may bogard your uh, your normal question, but we'll be prepared for it. So, here's Aunt Rose's book. It. Oh, I didn't run your banner. Look at me. I'm a slacker here today. And it, Aunt Rose's book is called "Things We Shouldn't Talk About with Our Kids, But We Still Do." Uh, and you can find this is pretty much everywhere. Fate or uh, Amazon, all the different locations. Aunt Rose. Um, no, it's 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 through a website called Lulu, and there's a, a link I can share with people if they want one. But please, um, yeah, it's it's ten bucks, and it's just a little paperback. But I can tell you the general reason that I decided to write it was all the years I'm raising my kids, we just get in these weird situations, or somebody would say something kind of bizarre, and I'd say, you know, the boys would both tell me, you know, you should write these things down. You should write a book someday. And this went on for years and years and years, and finally. I started jotting down a few things and then finally decided to just put it on my bucket list of getting it done. And I just, you know, just put it down on in writing, just some funny little stories of some of the things that are maybe a little bit rough around the edges for some people, but we were always very blunt, open, honest. We talked about everything. And for that reason, I think I enjoyed my kids as teenagers more than some parents do. You know, they were pretty fun. No, you know what? George at George from Outlaw Blitz podcast and folks, make sure you're checking those guys out. We're we're, we're working on. We might have uh, Outlaws at the bar. Is oh my gosh, I have a bar stories galore. So we kind of. I thought you did. So I was gonna kind of like, but take from the book for a minute because there mm-hmm. was a story and I see if I can find it in here because I love this book, folks. I read it and if you didn't know it, on our big sticker and a cause board. See if I can find it real quick up here, right here. If you can't see it, that's Aunt Rose's sticker right there. Crazy Aunt Rose. That's that's her sticker right there. But she had a story in here. If I can find it. What is it about? Not the gayest, not the one that says gayest straight man I've ever known, which made me laugh. Uh, (laughs) Where is it here? There it is. Metallica. Both of my sons taught me to appreciate a great diversity in music. I was raised on country music, but now listen to a huge variety. And I love how you snuck Clay into there. Uh, but I got to ask you, what was it like? Now, the boys are, are are big. I mean, it's hard to tell how 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 tall they are, but they're both well over six foot, right? Yeah, one is six one and one is six four. Okay. Who's yeah, six foot? No, Clay's six one and my uh, oldest son is six four, over 300 pounds. He's a big gorilla of a guy. He, he, that's a large person. That's a lot of, that's a lot of human right there. That's def- I can but, actually, now that I'm shrinking a little bit, I can actually stand underneath his arm. It's not really so, a claim to fame. It's just a fact. <laughs> but what was that like? So here you are raised on country music and I'm, I'm going to assume generationally country music for you was 
classic. It was, you know, uh, Hank Sr. It was Mel Haggard, you know, Johnny Cash. Haggard. Yeah. yeah, even though it was it was the 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 outlaws again, outlaw blitz. It was the outlaws of, mm-hmm. of country music back then where you know you start looking into their history, some of them actually murdered people. It's it's pretty wild. Yeah, but yeah, they were rough, rough around religious. Yeah, a little bit. Um yeah. they, they they weren't worrying about no tears in their beers for, for at any mm-hmm. time. But what mm-hmm. was it like as the boys? Like, what was that show like for you when you're like, oh my god, what am I listening to? Master of Puppets, Ride the Lightning. Uh, what was that those experiences like? Sandman, some of my favorites, yeah. Um, well, I was a huge, huge Elvis fan too. So I spent most of my high school years just um, being obsessed with that and not really even paying attention to all the great music that was in the late 60s and early 70s. So I learned to appreciate that later. Um, But Clay taught himself to drum by watching Metallica videos on VHS and air drumming in the living room. And just that's how he taught himself. And so I just heard Metallica all the time. And then pretty soon I got to really enjoying them. And, And anytime you find out um, oh, the melody, that's my niece up in um, Salmon, Idaho as well. Um, I finally figured out, you know, when, when they were sharing with me the stories about the people involved in Metallica and these different groups, once you get to know somebody a little bit, then you learn to love them and started following them and came one of my favorite albums, the Black Album. And, and uh, both of my boys have taught me to like a lot of different kinds of music, everything from classical to you know, a lot of uh, musicals, uh, theater stuff like that. Tyler's way into that and uh, movies. And anyway, so I've been to Metallica twice and once was with the boys out in an outdoor theater. And so there was a mosh pit going on in front of us and they got kind of, they got kind of rowdy and they were about to knock us over. And so both the boys just got real close to me and here I've got these big towering dudes next to me and I'm just enjoying the heck out of the show. It was fun. Really fun. Wow. That was going to be my next question to kind of follow up with what George was asking with, with the boys being involved in music. And I don't know if Tyler ever was in a band band, like, like clay was, but ever any bar show stories, you know, being out there and like, and you're, you're sitting out there watching them at a bar and some, somebody may have made a offhand comment and you had to let them know you were mom. Um, no, but almost in the opposite direction, Clay's going to be a little bit cranky about this, but it's in the book. And I okayed everything in the book with them before I printed it. So um, he was in a band locally that um, I attend a ladies hat party every year. And we have valets come and, um, you know, take care of us, bring us food, dance with us, whatever we need. And then we usually have a band. And so Clay's band is playing. And so we're all out there dancing, all all of us girls and having a good time. And they had planned to just be playing with nothing but a sock on all of them but one of the guys was a return missionary so he only went down to his t-shirt or or tank top or something and some shorts he didn't want to get completely naked but so here's clay drumming away with nothing but a sock and the other players too and some of my friends were like oh you must just be so proud and i just thought it was hilarious i've been pretty brave so yeah, it was almost the opposite of like somebody needed to know that I'm the mom. They all they all know me and they know Clay. They already knew it. They know my relationship with me as very, very open. So it was pretty funny. Well, you do. I mean, and you talk about that in your book, things things we shouldn't talk about with our kids, but we still do. I mean, I love the fact that in your book, you talk about getting married, unbirthdays, which I, I love that. As, as a parent, mm-hmm. uh, the unbirthday piece and just you kind of made it happen and you know and if i'm getting too personal in something please let me know at what point was it just you and the boys um most of the time i raised them basically um uh let's see tyler was probably eight or nine when uh we were separated and then got divorced so um and clay was five years younger so he, he okay. was pretty young and so yeah basically they 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 just relied on me and they didn't have a lot of, in fact, they didn't have any uncles, grandparents, no male figures really to bump up against and, you know, kind of model their lives after or anything. So I know that that's something that was missing in their lives, but they seem to have figured out that, you know, I still, this is how I want to treat women. And they're both extremely 
careful with their relationships with women, the underdog, anybody that needs help. They're both truly love is love, kind, thoughtful human beings. And I'm very, very excited for them. See, that's awesome. Because, I mean, I, I know my interactions with Clay. He, he just seems like a very positive dude. You know, all, always got something going on. So how did you, you know, did you ever have to think about that? I mean, I'm, I'm looking through, as I went through the book, it reminded me a lot of the relationship I have with my own mother. My parents divorced when I was 11. Funny enough, mine remarried each other when I was 18 and out of the Marine Corps. But uh, mm. then they divorced each other again when I was 22. Yeah. Go figure. But uh, as, I'm, as I'm looking through this, you know, there was never anything in here where I read like, hey, I had to. Sh- I had to show him how to throw a right cross. It was nothing like that. But at the same time, you know, mm-hmm. they seem to be very positive. You know, nothing where I would say like, like, I don't know a better way to put it. Weenie. They're not weenie guys, but they're not yeah. toxic masculinity. How did you pull that off? Yeah, I'm not sure because Tyler was bullied a lot when he was younger. He was heavy and and uh, he was a nerd, and so he got bullied a lot, and he would just, he just took care of it himself. I'd hear about it occasionally, but I didn't hear about all of the situations until, you know, as they're adults, they tell you stuff that gives you a heart attack. Um, but Clay it just was always, well, they're both just really, um, they do some introspecting, and they kind of figure it out for themselves, and I'll, I'll decide what I think about that, and I'm not sure where that came from because I'm not that way. I tend to just sort of react to whatever's happening in this situation. You know, I don't have a big, like, suspicious bone in my body. And not that they're suspicious people, but I kind of taught them that it costs you nothing to be suspicious. So as far as safety, I wanted my kids right. to know that, you know, doesn't it doesn't cost you anything to be suspicious. And if and an adult never needs help from a child, never. And instead of just stranger danger, you know, I kind of talk to them differently like that, I think. But, you know, Clay's been always one that wants to go, I'll go figure it out for myself. I'll decide if this is true or not. So I don't think he ever believed. I don't think he often believed everything I told him. You know, he'd go figure it out for himself. Like, okay. Even though it looked like a duck and quacked like a duck, mom, it may not necessarily be a duck. I'll just go see for myself. Yeah, I'll, I'll go research this. Yep. So now, was there ever a story in this book that as you were putting it together, and, and I know you said you, you vetted everything and you, and you put it all, all together, but was there ever one of the stories as you're putting it together that you're like, maybe that one doesn't go in. Sure. Which one? Um, well, I think there's a couple because most of them are about how gullible clay was when he was younger. And Tyler and I both would, we teased him unmercifully and, you know, he's discovering now, you know, as an adult, that there's a fine line between teasing and abuse, you know, and and there is. And as parents, we don't, we're doing the best we can. And I do not lose any sleep. And I forgive myself totally for the way I mothered. But there were lots of times when I did some things that I'm pretty sure were detrimental to their health and their mental health. So looking back now, especially um, the one where I threw him in the trash can, you know, I was always one to say what I meant and mean what I say. But you carry that too harshly for somebody like Clay, he's different than Tyler. And I, I always thought that my kids they had the same mom and dad. I'm going to raise them the same. They're going to be the same people. Well, that's silly, of course, right? But I just didn't, I let them watch the same kind of TV shows, which a lot of those were too scary for Clay. He was, he was five years younger and I didn't realize that, you know, it was doing some damage there because he, he had some trouble with some of those scary shows, but Tyler never did. So yeah, there's definitely some mistakes made there, and and um, yeah, but I I did bet um all of these. Bef- In fact, I had both of the boys um help me proofread and everything. So, but yeah, most of these I think are about um Clay and what he wanted to be when he grew up and this and that. But there's a few there's a few things in there of Tyler's, but yeah, the the fun ones um are more of Tyler's stories and the kind of teasing ones that he could consider bullying in a way um, are Clay's. And so it's, it's a little lopsided. Sure. Well, you know, it's funny. I would assume then that was Clay that wanted to be a crossing guard. Oh yeah. And, but I mean, that's an honorable role. I mean, protecting children, serving your community. We can yeah. find any way we can twist that, that we need to, but he was probably what about seven when he decided that. 
Yeah, or, or younger even. I think he was maybe first grade. So yeah. Well, the thing was, Tyler's five years older, and he always knew he wanted to be an astronaut. So he was always bummed out that he said, you know, Tyler knows what he wants to be, but I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And I'm like, of course, I've told him, you know, well, you can do whatever you want. So let's just think about that. So he came home one day and said, I've decided what I can be when I grow up. I'm like, what's that? I could be a crossing guard. And I'm like, yep, you sure could. And the next day he goes and returns some videotapes at the video store. Mom, I decided something else I could be. I'm like, what's that? I could be the guy that rents videos at the video store. Absolutely. You sure can. <laughs> Whatever he was doing each day, then for a while he wanted to, he could. That, that was that. very well. Yeah. Yeah. And look, folks, if you're finding us through crazy at Rosary at Rose Thrust, make sure you, you hit that, like that thumbs up, that heart, all those things. That's how this algorithm works. That's how it pushes. That's how people are going to find her book. You can find it on, on Lulu. It's L-U-L-U. I remember you sending me the, send it to me. And again, it's if you're here in the audio and you can't see the scroller right now, things we shouldn't talk about with our kids, but we still do. Yeah, it was fun. I'm working on my second book now. now I was going to say, now you told me there's a second book coming. Now, what's that one focused on? That one's going to be more about my life, how I grew up, what I've been up to, some of the weird things I've done in my life. And it's going to include a lot about my traveling man. Now, the, the traveling man, if you don't recognize him, that was Intel, right? Was yes. he? So there, Intel used to have this little astronaut looking guy. And Aunt Rose, you tell the story because I know what it is and we've talked about it before. But tell everybody the story of, of what the traveling man does for you or with you. Well, yeah, he was just sitting. I don't know what prompted me to buy him, but I bought four or five of them in different colors. And he was sitting on my computer monitor at work. And this was about 30 years ago. And he disappeared one day. And I was just bummed out because, you know, people take my stuff. That makes me mad. Well, a week later, I get a letter in the mail and some pictures. And he's taken himself on vacation because he got tired of seeing all my pictures of me going on vacations without him. So for a year and a half, we started getting pic pictures and letters from all over the world. I've got a three inch binder of just all these different letters and pictures. It was just, and we didn't know until he came home who, who had done it. But one of my coworkers, dad was a commercial airline pilot and he just played the game, took him everywhere. And um, we just had a blast when he came home. Now people will borrow him. And as long as I know there's somebody that's going to take some pictures, play the game and get him back to me safely, I'll let him go to people's houses and on their honeymoons and whatever. So I take him everywhere. I take him hiking. You know, he meets people on the trail. He has his own Instagram page. Yeah, just been pretty fun. I, that's just wild that like somebody just decided. Eh. Yeah, know, that was like a lot of energy to to go through that and keep that up for that long. Because I'm assuming if this was 30 years ago, it wasn't like you were just taking a picture on your on your phone and oh, no. packing so much. These are printed stacks of pictures in an envelope with a stamp from China and Bali and Alaska. And yeah, he went oh, everywhere. It was fun. And, and you've never had an idea where he was at? Not until, nope. Not, well, I didn't know who had him. I knew he was just traveling. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't know who actually took him because I'm pretty sure he can't take himself. Yeah, I mean, you never know. I've watched Toy Story. Yeah, I mean, first I was, place he went was Disneyland. And then from there he went out of the country and yeah. He married, ever, he, he married Barbie in Vegas. I, I mean, she, look, we've all seen the movie. She gets <laughs> around. I mean, there was a lot of Ken's. He gets around too. Right. Yeah. He had a girlfriend in Alaska and he had a girlfriend in Japan too. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a bit of a whore. Little, I mean, he's got a little horror tendencies. Did he go to? Did he go to Africa? You bet he did. Now he that he was did. he had a blast. And, and I want to tie that the Africa piece into into the book a little bit because it's on the back of your book. You talk about that's your next life adventure. And for those of you who didn't know it, uh, we have here on the Above the Bar podcast. We have actually checked off something on Aunt Rose's bucket list. She said she wanted to be on a podcast. This is the first one, and she gets to be on a podcast, and it's a good one because she can drink on it also. Look at that. And she's inked up. You know, love it, Rose. You know, she's out there. Someday we'll get her back out here on the East Coast. Having morning. a great time. We'll, we'll do some drinking and whatnot and hanging out. But Oh, I would love to come out and visit. 
Now, I, I, but I, you know what? I, I just thought about, you know, I was just thinking about it as I was saying it in your, in your book, you know, you have that on the back cover, but the relationship you built with the boys, you went with clay, clay went to Africa with you. And that was you and him the whole trip, right? Tyler wasn't on that trip. Yes. I Correct. Mean, yeah. Um, Tyler has a lot more physical trouble traveling that far and, and traveling in general. And so, and financially wasn't going to be able to do it either. He's got a family and, I was and he's got uh, a family, whatnot. kids, everything. Yeah. So clay, um, when it was mentioned, um, I didn't want to go with anybody else and I was certainly wasn't going to go by myself. I do travel by myself some, uh, like a road trip or something, you know, and right. maybe fly around to visit people and I'm not afraid to, but there was no way I was going to Africa by myself. And so he just jumped on it and like pre COVID I was, I always had it on my list, but it was like over $10,000 to go. And I just knew that I could never do that. But since COVID the prices, of course, economy and everything is different and they're desperate for people to come over. So it was less than $4,000. And so it was way doable, you know, and we saved for about a year and planned and we did it. But what was that? I mean, I love doing stuff with my mom, but she's, we're not traveling to Africa. Uh, <laughs> Sally Ann and I are not going to Africa together. Heck, I, I've got a trip that I'm supposed to go to Mexico and my wife and I just a minute, just before the show, we're looking at the state department website and I'm like, this is where we're going. It's on the second tier of recommended. Don't go. Yeah. It's really dangerous. A lot of places there. Yep. I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself and the group I'm going with is, I'm like, yeah, this is like one of my vendors that wants to send me. But what was that experience like going uh, going over to a place like that with your son, though, getting to experience it with one of your children, not just a friend or a spouse or something like that? Yeah, he's my favorite hiking partner. And we um, we've been hiking all over the state. And um, he lived with me for a couple of years Um a while back and that made it easier to go on different road trips and stuff. So we, we like to go camping. We like to just hike up these mountains right here. We're going down to Southern Utah and that red rock country and stuff. So, you know, and I, I, both of my boys are easy to travel with. They're just easy going people. So we've done some road tripping together, but um, yeah, knowing that he, what Clay really wanted to add to the trip was um, to go hike up into another country. I think it was Uganda or something and sit with the gorillas and i said i do not want to do that um he said well i do and i said well you're not leaving me for one minute in africa there's no way i'm too nervous so um we're gonna have to figure it out another time plus it was real expensive to fly over there have another uh, night's hotel transportation and everything so we just couldn't figure it out i said you'll have to do that next time with like i don't know your girlfriend or somebody else he was trying to <laughs> pull, pull uh gorillas in the mist on you huh yeah and that, so that was, but other than that, I've been watching those animals since I was very young. And I just always had a desire to go to Italy and Africa. Those were my things. And I made I it to Italy, Italy and yeah. And then I started, and I don't know what the big draw was for Italy. I just felt a physical draw to go there. And I, I cried and cried when it was time to go home. I didn't want to come home. Really? Where'd you I go? Loved yeah, I liked Italy. I, I've been to, I've been to Naples. I've been to Venice, um, Bari. Uh, and then down into Sicily, into Catania. Uh, yeah. We were in Rome and um, Florence and Venice. And I, I really liked Rome. And we were on a tour group and we just made a lot of friends. And the weather was perfect. And it was just awesome. It was hard to believe you standing there in front of the Colosseum, you know, what you were looking at. It was just mind-blowing yeah. to me. If you understand the history, like when you start understanding the history to that place, like at one sure. point. Well, I, come from, I come from the West, which is fairly new compared to even traveling to the East. It's like everything's older there and it's amazing. And going around Boston and all that is just really cool. But then you go to Italy and it's like even older. And you're like, wow. It was hard to fathom. Yeah. When you realize, I can't remember which emperor it was, but he flooded the Colosseum, was able to flood the Colosseum and have, full, have a full-blown ship battle inside oh. of the Coliseum. I didn't uh, know that, but I, I do know that they let the, the, they let the barbarians just run rampant through there for about 500 years before. Well, they didn't let them, they did it. Um, right. 
before they put a stop to that. And then that's the condition that it was in when they put a stop to that. And that's how it looks now. And yeah, Italy, I had a great time. I, but Italian food, like, did you experience this in Italy with the Italian food where like here you can kind of be like, well, I want this on my food. I want that on my food. I won't, don't want this, that, and the other. And the Italians were, if you said that, it was more like, yeah, that's offensive. great. This is how it's made. Take it. Yeah, it's a little bit offensive, I think, because they do make like their homemade pasta and everything. And they've gone through great extremes. But I loved that everybody has a small glass of wine with dinner, even younger people. I love that they all close their shops in the afternoon and just take a little afternoon, couple hours to do whatever they want, you know, nap or whatever. Everybody strolls around the, the square at night. It's just a very laid back, easier going. They don't stress nearly like we do. And they're healthier, you know. And, and Cecil, you know, a crazy one is Sicilians actually are one of those areas that have some of the highest cholesterol on the planet, yeah. but some of the lowest heart attack rates because their diet. What, wonder what age they live to be. Well, I know my grand, I know my great grandmother was nine, was 89 and my grandmother was 93. And but my great grandmother was from Palermo and my grandmother was the first person in our family born here from sicily with two sicilian parents so yeah I, mean, it's, I think their foods are just um a lot more whole foods no matter what you're eating and less processed fast food well that's yeah. I, i'll agree that's europe in general if you yeah. if you start looking at things that that they've banned that we're like <laughs> you're fine you won't even know it's there yeah you know, what is the one that's in the sprinkled cheese the uh cell cellulin or so it's actually um, like you know what I'm talking about? Um, yeah, I do. I, mean, I can't say the name of it, but it's like aspartame. Um, Clay came back from there. He went over to do some extra studies after college, and and um, he came back, and he said, do you know that aspartame is illegal over there? I mean, they cannot put it in their foods. And here, it's like, nobody cares. Oh, it's, it's in every soft drink that, that you have. Any sugar-free anything, yeah. Yeah, I, and aspartame, it is gross. What's margarine? You know the, the whole thing about margarine is one molecule from plastic? Yeah. Uh, and I did read the other day, though, that um, I think it was California has put a stop to the aspartame thing. So maybe states will start doing that. Somebody's got to do it. I, I'm with you now. I, I told now we're going to make this a two part question. Aunt Rose, okay. this, and hold on. Stefan, sexual chocolate is popping in. What's up, brother? How you been? Uh, real quick now. Now, Nate's question, I, I think, is very valid. But we're going to feed that into your into the book. Things we shouldn't talk about with our kids, but we still do. It's, they're gonna they're gonna go hand in hand. So, you, are you prepared? Yes. All right. All right. So, Nate wants to know what was your favorite dish over in Africa? Was there ever any dishes that were like, "Hey, this is like an African dish," and you just fell in love with it? Yes. So, the lodges that we stayed at um, had buffet style food open, and just like being on a cruise, just nice, really good everything, you know, and cheese stations and fruit and desserts, but. Um, every day they had some, a couple of things that were local and or traditional. A lot of uh, beans and rice or beans with tomatoes mixed in and vegetables, different vegetables. Oh, and they were just slightly spicy and just real flavorful. So that was good. There was also a flatbread that was really yummy. We had it almost every meal. Like a naan? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, a little, uh, little bit drier, a little bit thicker, but it was good. So now, those were the main things that um, we got to experience because most of it was pretty Americanized buffet food. So the question then becomes, what did you put a stick in and start a party with? Because I read in the book, if you put a stick in it, it's now it's now time to have a party. Is that correct? Yeah, it's like a toothpick. Sure. Yeah, because Tyler always did that. He'd make cheese and pickles and stick a toothpick in there and he goes, Mom, look, it's a party. Like, okay. And to this very day, we'll do that. Like, oh, it's a party. Um, I love that. We didn't have any party stuff while we were there. Damn it. I messed that up. You should have, like, mm -hmm. you should have taken a picture with, with just a toothpick and something. And yeah. Or this guy, or this guy doing, he, I have a lot of pictures of him, um, like drinking. <laughs> he's, he's a drinker. He's a big drinker. I mean, yeah. well, that's an interesting question also. I mean, we are at the bar right now and Sarah, Sarah says, hi, Rose. And uh, Sarah's my friend from Hawaii. And Stefan, me, you and Terrell, we, we just got to get Terrell off a night shift and we're working a normal segment and we, we make this happen. 
and look, Sarah's talking about the traveling man, but that's an interesting question. Like, I don't know. So me personally, I don't know enough about the different countries and the different cultures within Africa. You know, I will be the first to admit from a geographical standpoint, I don't. Yeah. I, it's one of the continents I've never been on. I've never been in Asia. I've never been in Asia major minor or Africa me neither. from an alcohol standpoint. Like, was that like a thing there or was that more like, Hey, we brought it in for the American tourists, but we really don't have alcohol. No, there were some local beers that we tried and they were really good. Um, and then um, there was regular wine and that type of thing for, and, and cocktails, if you want cocktails, but, um, I remember that we tried a couple of different beers that were very local and they were just great, but we were in, we were in national parks in a lodge in a national park, both all five nights that we stayed. And so what they bring in for the tourists or versus what's really authentic, I don't know, because everybody that lives around those national parks or in them are the Maasai people. Um, and they just work the land. They run their goats. Um, they gather the women. Okay. The women gather their, all the sticks all day long to build fences and houses, their huts, because they're nomads. And they, so they move along as the goats need new grazing area. And then the women do most of the hunting and the cooking. And so these guys that were driving us around, these tour drivers, like, so what do the men do? And he just said, like, <laughs> jeez. That was kind of interesting because the women just work themselves to death. They raise the babies. They, and they all dress very in their beaded, colorful outfits like all the time. It's really interesting. interesting. You know, they're not just dressed casually. No blue jeans. Nothing like that. No. So, so the so the women did all the work, all the effort, mm -hmm. all everything that was happening, and the men were just kind of lounging, almost like a lion. Yeah, like I was just going to say that because we we did get to see some lions feeding on a, a buffalo carcass and. The male lions, there were two of them. They're laying over here with their big fat bellies because they eat first. doesn't matter who killed the animal. It's usually going to be the female, but it doesn't matter. And then they eat first, and then the moms and the babies would go over and, and eat after that. Eat whatever eat whatever was left over. I wonder yeah. if that's like a cultural thing, like from, you know, being in an, an environment where you saw that all the time, you see the wild, you, you have more of an experience with that if their culture just kind of developed the same Maybe. way. Maybe. And then in the lodges, the drivers uh, for the tours that we, we went on a drive every morning and every evening, um, a lot of the room stewards, uh, the chefs, um, I would say most of them were men. There were quite a few women that were, were doing chef work and stuff too, but um, most of the men are working there in the, and they work like three months at a time and then they go home for you know a couple months and then they come back and work for three months at a time just working shifts kind of like swapping out with each other kind of thing. Mm, yep. Now what country were you in? I was in Kenya. Kenya. Yeah. Now, and, yeah. I, I looked at a couple different, uh, Tanzania is another one that has a lot of national parks and cool animal sightings and safari options and stuff. There's, there's plenty of other countries, but some of them are war torn and, and not safe. Well, I was going to say, that's always my thoughts with anything yeah. over there is, is what's going on. Now, do you have any stories from over there that are going to make it into the new book? Um, maybe <laughs> one that I think is kind of funny is one of the um, couple of the different people. One of the guys that um, was the manager in the gift shop in the hotel just loved Mr. Clay. He just loved Mr. Clay because the guy was a singer and okay. he, he found out that Clay was a drummer and he was kind of looking to see if they had any drums and anything in the, in the shops and, so he actually wanted to sing a song for Clay on the last day as we were leaving. And it was just really cute because uh, Clay's pretty shy and very introverted. So he wouldn't normally make a bunch of friends like that with strangers, but he did on this trip. He he opened up. He felt really comfortable there. And yeah, he talked to a lot of people. In fact, the drivers were teaching us a few local words, you know, just like hello and thank you and whatever. And Clay ended up learning a few extras like, oh, that's cool and whatnot. And then Every time he would say it, they'd get all excited, you know, so he was learning some new words and stuff. So he just fit right in there. But um, yeah, I, I would love to go back. I mean, we learned so much about the animals that I didn't know. And the Mount Kilimanjaro is just, it's the only, it's the tallest mountain that is freestanding. It doesn't belong to a, 
a range or nothing? A range, yeah. And it's just, it's 19,000 feet. It just, and it seeps water up into this national park that like year round. So there's lakes and stuff in there for lots and lots of elephants and hippos and flamingos and all that stuff that the state, that water stays there all year. So, you know, it's a great national park to go and see lots of cool animals. Everybody's pretty happy in there. Well, that'll definitely they, be one to check out. And we are getting close to closing the closing the bar here, Aunt Rose. Now you're out you're out in, in God's country, out in Utah again. Mm -hmm. If you've never been to Utah, it is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, as much as I love the East Coast and everything that we have going on here, again, Utah's a place I've we have five national parks. Do you? Mm -hmm. I, I mean more than any I just, other state. I just know that when I was there, like I said at the beginning of the show, going from Driving in from from California in, into Utah that direction, and just going from into the mountains into into Zion, uh, mm. Grand Escanian staircase, and doing the fluted wall and wow. seeing the, the the drawings, the uh, what do they call it? The uh, yeah, seeing all that stuff and being mm. like, just like we didn't do the uh, what's the arches out out there? The, uh, the arches National Park is really arches, yeah. Makes sense. Make good name for it. Uh, yeah, good name. Bryce Canyon's uh, another beautiful one. Zion's beautiful. So, so with with all all this that you got going out there, is there ever like anything going on where maybe somebody want you know wanted to see you read the book live, go into a library, any kind of events like that coming up? Um, I don't have anything like that, but I here's my here's my dream. My dream. I just bought a, a travel van. And I named her Avandra, which is the goddess of adventure and <laughs> You're, uh, Rose. goddess you of are. adventure and um, travel or something like that. So if I had my traveling man and I could travel around in that and just meet people and have somebody say, crazy Aunt Rose and the traveling man, would you please come to our town? That would be heaven to me. That would be the best thing ever. Well, well we're going to make sure we put that out to people. And I, I know <laughs> that we've got enough people that, that see our show and listen to our show. Somebody, you you know, well, you said you got e Eli's up in uh, Idaho, so he should mm -hmm. find somebody in Idaho. Sarah's out in Hawaii. She should find somebody out in Hawaii. If yeah. Stefan's still still on her last, I talked to Stefan. I think he's back down in, in Florida. Nate's in Western Maryland. I If you make your way to the east, I will find somebody, and we'll figure something out here on the east coast. So you at least got a couple of spots, but I think that your book would be amazing for like a parent, almost call it like a parent's night out and just go somewhere and read the stories and let parents tell stories about things that they realized. Oh, I after, love that idea. You know, after they did something with their kid, they were like, ah, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Like mm -hmm. I can still remember I was probably, 11 years old maybe right around 11 and my aunt letting me my aunt's 14 years older than me and letting me watch risky business while she when she went to bed <laughs> it was not the movie for an 11 year old <laughs> like that or my mom my my mom raising me and i can i was like i admit to i was a young smoker you know it it was never like like okay but it was i guess accepted more like i was 12 when i started smoking i don't yeah. smoke anymore but uh i can remember being a teenager and being like mom you got a problem if i smoke in my room my room was in the basement and her being like fine like i guess not yeah like and, and thinking back now i'm like if one of my boys said to me dad do you mind if i vape in the house i would snap the damn thing and threaten them with physical violence. No, the answer is like, no. You out of your mind. Well, you we know? know more. We know more about the dangers too, so we're we, we're able to be more protective too, as, as we know that. Just a bad know. idea. So, no. But now, you, but you're a grandma too. Yeah. Now, with all the things that are in your book, do you? Is there any of these that you're like, well, I could talk to my grandson about these things, or that you're like, if if one if. I'm not gonna say who's got the grandkid. I think we already figured that out. But if, if if you heard that and you heard they were having these conversations, how would you feel about that? Um, 
I don't know because they are raising their kids very differently and I think it's completely beautiful and I have a transgender grandson and so I have learned that instead of just saying love is love, I get it now. Um, they're very involved in the community and in their local pride groups and um, they just, they're raising some very tender, sweet men. And that reminds me of my boys. They're, they're smart. They treat all people great. Um, but they are especially good at treating women right. And I just, I love that. I just don't know. Yeah. Like my, and, and you're right. Tyler's the one with the kids because, um, Clay's always saying puppies, not people. He doesn't want any kids. <laughs> no, no thanks. Puppies, not people. That's his motto. Clay, Clay I, I wish somebody would have told me that long ago. And now <laughs> my wife and I, there's eight of them. So, I mean. That's a lot. They're not all mine. I Look, I mean. And still, I, have, I know. I, I always knew two would be plenty for me. And I was glad that it worked out that way. Yeah. I mean, that's so mm -hmm. awesome, though. But, I, I mean, but is there anything that you... Well, I mean, well, then flip that. Is there anything that you would, I guess you can't even say that anything you wish they would talk because it sounds like they're pretty open with their kids. They're and, real good about, you know, communicating with them and talking to them about anything. And, you know, my 11 year old grandson has brought a few things home from school and relationships. And, you know, he's, he's had a crush on a boy. He's had a crush on a girl and they've talked about it. And he's right now, he's not interested in anybody, but he's able to share that with his folks. I would have never shared that with my mom if I was interested in a girl. I just, I would have known that was like weird or whatever back in those days, right. you know? And so I love that, that they're going to be able to, and he knows that he, he, he can actually tell me, this is my 11 um, year old Bradley. He can tell me, you know, grandma, that's not, I'm not comfortable with that. Or I don't want to talk about that. Or, you know, he knows how to set boundaries at 11 years old. I'm just learning it at 68. You know, it's just, it's really cool. But you know what? That's that's your influence of the things that you talk about in the book, things we shouldn't talk about with our kids but still do. That influence is right there because your boys took it to, up the, next, them, sure. to, to the next level and prepared. Yeah. And, and we're like, hey, I if mom can do it with me, watch what I can do or, or, or how comfortable I can be. Because I mean, I, I just remember as I read through this and, and folks, it's not one of these books where you're like, it's not preaching. It's just stories of things with the boys. I will have to admit that probably the one that made me giggle the most was the big ditch. The big <laughs> ditch made, made me laugh. That kid? Oh my goodness. But, That's when I realized that I have no control over this child. He's always going to do what he wants to do and figure it out. And he always has. And folks get, get the book and read about the big ditch. I mean, this was one that just as a parent, this was the story that as a parent, first off, I'd have been like, where's my kid? Like losing my ever loving mind. Like that would have been one of those times where I beat my child and hugged them and cried at the same time. Yeah. I because, wanted to for sure. Because it, every emotion as a parent, that you could possibly have is in this story, the big ditch. I'm going to leave it for you folks to go find it and read it. But the big ditch was, was one of those stories in this book that just grabbed my heartstrings as a parent. Me too. That was a tough one because my first thought when I got the information was, you know what? I know he's alive because he's home for dinner every day. So where has he been? <laughs> right. But, but what he was doing almost is the other side of it where you're like, how do I get mad at that? Yeah. I'm not surprised. At where he was and what he was doing yeah you know and i learned it, later like later years like not that many years ago that he made sure that when he was um like making a sandwich or something he put the bread back where it really was so that i wouldn't know that he had ditched school and he, oh, so he was he actually made himself food. yeah he made himself some food and he made sure everything looked right and I'm like that's pretty brilliant that's i mean there, there's we're a talking, level of we're talking second or third grade you know pretty young yeah, that's there's a level of uh, I don't want to say devious, but definitely a level of uh, cognizance. Oh, he was, he was that age tricky. That. That's yeah, it was funny. Looking back, it was funny at the time. It was just frightening. Oh yeah, look uh, and look, folks. The reason we're not telling you exactly what happened there is you need to go get the book. Things we shouldn't talk about with our kids, but still do. And, and as we say on every it's episode, little, look. it's it's not. Look, this is not. 
this is one that and you know what's great about this one you can't have my copy because my copy is very personalized to me uh this is per mine you can't have it mine's, can i write you a love note in there mine's inscribed oh, okay. oh, my, you can't have mine but i would let you read it if you stop by the house it would it's not a long read it's great who did where'd you find the illustrator real quick a uh, friend of mine's uh, niece, I just started uh, surveying people and said, can you show me a few things that you've done? And I love, love, loved her work. Um, yep. On the second book, I decided to go with somebody else just to have a variety. And it's I have all the artwork done for it, and it's completely different, really different. But I just loved her cute uh, renditions of all of us. And, I, I love it. Yeah. And look, folks, if you're finding Aunt Rose through me or me through Aunt Rose, please take the time. For those of you that are watching right now, if you haven't done it yet, giving a thumbs up, giving a heart right now makes a difference. That's how these algorithms work. Going back and going into Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. If you're listening to the audio, making sure that you give a, a share and a follow and introduce somebody somebody to Aunt Rose. Uh, Melody says she loves you, Aunt Rose. Uh, uh, she's a doll. Ma making sure you're doing that things truly makes a difference for us. This is how this gets found. If you want to know what's going on in uh, Crazy Aunt Rose's life, you can find her on Instagram at Crazy Aunt Rose. Or if you want to know what's happening with the traveling man, it's the dot traveling man, all one word. And traveling is is L I N traveling man. Make sure you're giving them a, a follow and seeing what they've got on Instagram. She's always got something happening there. Uh, her TikTok's pretty funny, also. She likes to do some <laughs> stitches every so often. Uh, yeah. She is a goof and, and she drinks good stuff. Maybe she'll leave us with her, her lavender uh, syrup recipe, which I've never heard of in my life. Mm. So that's you just put you put fresh lavender in the sugar and let uh, it sit for a couple days, and then you just make a simple syrup and it's delicious. That's, that's a new one for me. Mm. We have lavender that grows wild right out here by the house. So make sure you're you're giving her her that that opportunity, those likes, those follows, those shares, all, all those kind of things. Thank you. Well, you're the best. Aunt Rose, listen. I think we, I think it popped up the other day. Clay was on almost two years ago. Oh, wow. And, and I was like, and I knew this show was coming up. I, and I was thinking to myself, like, she is stuck with me for almost two years to listen to my jibber jabber and what I've got going on. This is a pretty well, you're, you're fun and you're cool, but you also have really interesting guests. Um, and I learn a lot about just music and what people's philosophies are and books and things that are going on. So it's fun. It, well, I mean, if I could find my, my phone, uh, the gentleman we we've got next, next week, his name is, uh, Paul. And I'm, I'm everybody knows I can't pronounce last names. Hylensky. And, uh, he's, he's a writer. But he's actually has a thing he does passion. Uh, let's see if I get it here. His passion and wants to spread the message about human leadership and mitigating human error with empathy and strategy. He's an author and an aerospace business leader that puts human leadership and psychology safety in place, which is a change to companies and changing in the industries. And for me, uh, he's also a Marine. So. Mm -hmm. Chances are we're going to go way left on that one. But as always, folks, make sure you're giving it those likes, follow, shares. They matter. They matter to us. Follow us next week, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you've got that sticker and you want to get on sticker and a cause, send us out your stuff. Now, Aunt Rose, this yes. is episode like, I have to look it up. It's like 211, 212, something Ooh. like that. Somebody, we're, we're getting up there. We're getting old. I mean, we're getting old, you know. Vintage. I'm a vintage lady. I'm not old. It, it, it's, a, it's becoming a vintage show. So as we do in every episode, you know, and, and I think you know what's coming. Do you know what's coming? I do. Do you remember what we do at the end of every episode, Aunt Rose? Yes. What is it? We say, don't forget to push in your stool. Well, we do. We definitely do that. <laughs> that, that that's my favorite line. And you know what the best part of that line is? I'll say it real quick. Is what nobody else sees is as I'm saying that line, I hit and I hit the uh, the last part to play the ending for the show, mm -hmm. and you guys can't see it. I can see the guests' reaction to how many of them have never heard me say that, and they're like, <laughs> "What?" The last thing that we do in every episode is the guest always gets the final word. So, what's the final word for us, Aunt Rose? Oh, rock on! Life is good. 
Alrighty, folks, be sure to push your stool in. This has been a Second Front Podcast presentation found on Apple, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found.